Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Inside the Pod. It's the podcast from the Processors and Growers Research Organization designed for all growers and agronomists and anyone who wants to know anything about the UK pea and bean sector. It's a major podcast episode this morning because we're going to be talking about the brand new descriptive list for 2024, which was released this morning, uh, a live launch event, which was hosted by my guest who's joining me now, Dr. Chris Judge. Morning, Chris. Morning. Congratulations on a successful launch this morning. We thought for those people who can't join us uh, online for the launch, perhaps would like to listen in to a short podcast about what was said so that you can digest it as you're moving around the country. So Chris and I are just going to have a quick chat about what was presented and some of the highlights of this year's trials. But before we do that, Chris, you're the Senior Technical Officer at PGRO. Do you want to just explain for people who perhaps haven't met you before what your role is within the PGRO and specifically really the descriptive list trials? Yeah, so I coordinate the descriptive list trials for PGRO. So that involves managing and running the trials within the trial series that PGRO is responsible for. So we have sort of a ring of trials sort of that are close to us in the country on a few range of different counties and soil types. I'm involved in the coordination and management and trialing of all of those. Though we also have other trials contracted out to other organisations across the country to be hitting different regions, different conditions. And all of that data is then sent back to us at the PGRO, where statistics are done. It's all collated together with data from the last five years. And I'm involved then in putting it all into the list, speaking to the breeders and going forward with releasing the data as we've done today. So on an annual basis, just talk us through the the process of, of how you so monitor and eventually sort of harvest and analyse a trial. How does that work? Well, almost skipping before sowing, there needs to be an agreement on what lines are going into the trial series. So just we just recently performed that for the end of this season. Uh, we'll be speaking to different breeders and representatives and agents representing different varieties, discussing whether any lines are being sort of removed from future trialing if the company isn't supporting them anymore. And then also talking about their new candidates that have just left uh, the national list and variety list systems about whether they're then going forwards um, if they're promising enough to include within the descriptive list trial series. So once we've agreed on what varieties are being removed, what, what, what new candidates are being accepted, we'll then contact the people in the different parts of the country that we've worked with before and get them to agree whether they're willing to host the trials again. Obviously, we'll host a, a good chunk of them ourselves that are, are nearer to our base um, in near Peterborough. And then again, we'll be looking at this time of year to do the sowing of the winter bean trials for the winter bean descriptive list. Obviously after they're sown, they then need to be uh, treated and managed appropriately um, for the conditions. So rolled where possible, bird protection, you know, any associated um, management and sprays throughout the season. So after the winter bean trials have been sown, we'll be then monitoring them when they come up and managing them, managing them appropriately until the spring. Obviously in the spring, all the spring trials will be sown. And then throughout the season, you know, the, the trial manager for each site will be inspecting it regularly, uh, looking for any differences between the varieties that are worth scoring, worth taking into consideration. 
and also um, performing any sort of sprays and managements that is required to keep the crop healthy and so that it's being effectively looked after with best practice. Obviously, you can't promise that there's going to be um, no disease or there's going to be no problems with the crop throughout the season. You know, it very much depends on the weather conditions and things. And, and also, obviously, if we do develop a small amount of disease, that helps generate the disease ratings. But the goal is always to spray them afterwards, manage them, so any disease that occurs has a minimal effect on the yield. And what were the weather conditions like for, for, the, for the, the trials that you've conducted, which are going on the 2024 list? You've had a bit of a mixed bag this, this year, I suppose. Yeah, obviously the 2024 list isn't just using data from the last year, it's using data from the last five years. So throughout that, you've got quite a few unusual seasons, including last year when we had all the massive heat waves. Um, for the year that's just been added to it, we had quite a few cold snaps in the winter that did affect some of the winter bean trials. There was, you know, some signs of, um, you know, there's occasional bit of frost damage and some slower emergencies happening this winter. Uh, additionally, we had a very wet March in large parts of the country, which meant that some trials were able to get in just before that wet period and others would have sown later than ideal due to having to wait till the land was travelable. Also, we had a very, very hot early June, which can have uh, an effect on effect on yield via affecting the transition from flowering to pod set. Um, so, year full of interesting weather events but then the thing to take into account is that we're never just looking at one year with this data we're always looking at between three and five years depending on how new the variety is so hopefully individual trials are very much lost within a larger data set and also individual seasons are compensated for by the ones on either side yeah so for anyone who perhaps doesn't know i think the the new varieties on the list will have to complete at least three years of trials. Is that right? Yeah. So new varieties of the list will have three years of trials. And then obviously varieties a year older have four years worth of trials. And then after that, everything is done with five years of trial. So as we do a new year worth of trialing for the five year varieties, we drop off the trial from six years ago and move forward so that the data is staying current and accurate. Um, we do though, put some really well-established varieties into limited trialling to keep the overall size of the trials down. So when a variety has been on the list for, for quite a long time, when we, you know, the industry knows what it's like, we kind of know what it's like, we don't drop it from the trial series and just use old data, but we slowly move it down to going back to using, testing it every three years out of five. So we're still checking how it's doing, checking how it's responding to current weather and current disease pressure, but we're keeping our trial series a bit more manageable with some of the the older varieties um, having their trialing reduced ever so slightly. Good. So yes, good current data and all um, yeah, all very well managed and presented into a into a big spreadsheet or a PDF, depending on what your uh, program of choice is. But that's now published on the PGRO website for 2024 to help you with your decision making as an agronomist or a grower. So what did you talk about this morning at the launch then, Chris? What are the headlines from your trialing that you've taken place in 2023? At the launch, I've just sort of gone through the three different uh, crops that we've launched descriptive lists for. So that's winter beans, spring beans and combining peas. And I've just sort of gone through 
what are the new lines for each of them? All of them have got good new material added to their lists and also picked out some of the highlights of other varieties on the list that is worth factoring into any decisions that you make. In terms of sort of major headlines, uh, one of the things we've got is we've got a new category on the combining P list to show pink varieties alongside the greens, yellows, maples and marifats. Um, you know, there's a new variety that's been successful enough to go onto the list with this unique colour. And so that is obviously a change that is worth worth talking about in terms of a in terms of a takeaway headline. So is that the first pink pea that we've ever seen then, is it, Chris? Uh, not the first pink pea that's ever been seen. You know, they've been tested before. They've gone into trialling before. Uh, my colleague, Steve Belcher, has, uh, has seen them go into trial systems before they're, they're they're grown in other places as well but it's it's the first one that is kind of officially on the uk uh descriptive list and it's sort of the only one sort of currently available so in total the descriptive list for 2024 has expanded with 11 new pea and bean varieties which feels like quite a good number um perhaps we'll just go through them one by one. So starting with the yellow combining peas, we've got three varieties in total. Chris, do you want to just talk us through what they are? We've got KWS Flam, which is new on the list with a yield of 110% of controls, which is nicely um, situated within the other yellows on the list. It's a good option. But in addition to Flam, we also have Concerto and Batis, which are now the top two varieties for yield within the yellow section. So two of the three new varieties have outperformed everything that was already on the list. And the other one is very respectable as well. So it's generally quite a good showing for the new yellow peas. And we've talked a little bit about the pink pea. I'm not sure you told us uh, what the name was and, and who has brought that one forward and what it yielded. But um, do you want to just cover off that new category of pink peas? Yeah. Um, so they've they've chosen a name for the pink pea, which very much reflects its pinkness in that it's called Flamingo. <laughs> and it's brought to us by, uh, um, the, the, the agent is Cope Seeds and Grain. And it's it's quite low yielding compared to um, your most of your yellow peas and green peas, but it is it's the only thing within its category. And comparing to some of the established marifats, it's, it's more at that sort of yield level. Um, in addition to its colour, which is obviously one of its main trading points, uh, it also has a good downy Muji rating, um, as do um, as does Concerto, one of the new yellows. They're both sevens, joining other sevens within the yellow section, like Ajax, and the best downy Muji variety within the yellow region is Riverley, which has an eight. In general, I would say downy Muji ratings for peas are are trending upwards if you look at sort of if you go back quite a few years there was a few standouts that had six seven eight compared to lots of sort of four or five uh, whereas now there's quite a lot particularly looking at the greens as well and the maples etc there's quite a lot of varieties that have a have a seven or an eight which is really good for the industry in general and then we'll move on to Green peas, just on, I, I like the name Flamingo as a pink pea. That feels very appropriate. Um, and I'm always very impressed by some of the marketing around these uh, around these varieties. There's some good names this 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 year, including some of the names you're about to mention now in the in the green pea section. So what have, what have we got there to look at? So we've got two new green peas, one of which is Shazam, 
um, which may be what you were thinking of in terms of absolutely was yeah. with a bit of an impact. Yeah, um, it's a one of the later maturing uh, green peas. It's got quite a long horn, and it, it stands very well despite that. It's still got a standing ability of a seven. The second green pea added to the list is Reacher, uh, which has high resistance for powdery mildew, uh, which is obviously a very important trait. And there's only one other green pea on the list which has that, which is LG Aviator. And it also has reports from the breeder as having resistance genes for viruses. So specifically PC born mosaic virus and PN Asian mosaic virus, which is really useful traits to be having added to the options in the UK. And breeding traits like that into material is something that we hope that breeders are able to do because novel, um, novel resistances, novel benefits are what we want to see developing on the list in the future. So that's green peas. If you're listening, by the way, and you're driving a tractor and you can't scribble down all this information that Chris is delivering, you'll be relieved to know that it is on the website and uh, you can go and study the data to your heart's content on there. Um, but we'll keep going through some of the new stuff and also talking about some of the other varieties that have that retained on the list. And we're on to, to marrow fats now. Um, just, just the one to talk about on the marrow fats, Chris. Yeah, I will also say that if you are out and about field walking and things and you want to check some information, you can also use the Pedro app rather than the website, which may be more user-friendly on mobile if you're out and about and you want to check something. Also, obviously, if you're out and about and you see something unusual, always give Pedro a ring. We're always happy to help with anything. But yeah, as you say, on to the Marifats. So we've got one new Marifat added to the list, which is called Vision, and it is the top-yielding Marifat. Um, it's got a, a yield of 100% of controls, whereas usually you'd expect Marifats to be doing worse than the other P-types, and, it, and, it's, and it's performed very well on that front. Uh, it also has the best downy Moody rating for any Marifat, tying back into what I said earlier, that downy Moody ratings seem to be improving in general, and it's got a seven joining lots of other sevens within the other categories but it's the only marifat that's got that good of a rating so that's concluding the peas we're moving to winter and spring beans we'll perhaps tackle these together chris because there's fewer varieties to to have to talk about here but um i think perhaps as you alluded to earlier in the conversation weather probably did have a bit of an impact with um with winter and spring beans but but for different reasons um bit of bit of frost in in the winter bean crop early on and then obviously the heat for for spring beans but um do you want to start with winter beans and just tell us what you've what you've added to the list for, for this year yeah so there is as you say there's, there's less less new additions for winter beans the winter bean list tends to be a smaller list in general with less varieties on it but we still do have two new additions in terms of lg arctic and ninja um both of which, you know, it's all effectively, it's always good when the winter bee list is small to be having it expand rather than contract and having two new varieties is really good news for the winter bee list. LG Arctic has been added with a with a with an above average yield of 104% and also has the joint highest downy moody rating for winter beans, which is a six. I will just reiterate, I believe, discussed in the past that downy moody ratings for winter beans aren't tested at the same time as the spring bean ratings so you've got to take the, the downy moody rating for winter beans 
within the context of the other Winterbean ratings rather than judging that one to nine scale directly across with the spring beans as well. So the other new variety, as I said, is Ninja, which is a new earlier maturing variety for the list. Um, it's got the earliest maturity with an eight out of out of nine, and it also has the highest protein content on the winter bean list. So two very good new additions there, hitting their own sort of um, niches with bringing new traits to the winter bean list. At the top end of the list, we've still got Vespa, which people may be familiar with if they've grown winter bean, beans in the last few years, and uh, Vincent uh, remains second on the list. We have also added uh, chocolate spot data to the winter bean list. So with disease data, as I said earlier, the trials are managed. Um, they are sprayed to control disease when it's seen in an order of maintaining the yield ratings, um, being sort of accurate and as a commercial crop would be treated. Um, so we're only able really to include good disease data where within that three to five years in the past, we've had seasons where there's been enough good development of disease in enough locations that we feel like we can legitimately generate a score with enough data behind it. So we have statisticians looking at this saying, have we got enough data here that this seems uh, valid to include? And so that's why there wasn't sort of chocolate spot on the data on the list last year, but there's been enough trials within the, within the five year series that have had chocolate spot on now that we've added it onto the list. The other reason that you often don't, you often wouldn't put a chocolate spot section on the list is that most varieties perform very similarly in terms of chocolate spot. Chocolate spot prevalence within a crop tends to be weather and season and condition based rather than based on varietal sensitivity. And so most varieties have been given a five, but Vincent and Vespa, which are those same two ones that are at the top of the yield list, are also slightly better for chocolate spot as well. Yeah, it's quite interesting to see chocolate spot added to the list but you know i guess it, it it does carry with it a few caveats doesn't it yeah so we only want to include disease data on the list when we feel like it's legitimate to do so which is why it isn't always present um so as i said you know we need to have seen it in enough locations within enough years that we feel like the, the scores are, are are based on something meaningful and as part of this, obviously, you've got all the individual trials inspectors that are at different locations. Thus, it's not just relying on one person's sets of scores. And obviously, the statistician that we work with, you know, validates this, checks that we've got enough data that it seems to be that any differences are legitimate. And we sort of include things on a list with, with quite a bit of thought going behind it. Um, to make sure that we're we're confident in the data we provide. Yeah, that's right. That's the way it should be. Um, spring beans. Just to finish off, we've got three varieties uh, coming coming onto the list for twenty four. Um, how was the how was the year in terms of your trials for, for spring beans? I would say in general, spring bean yields have been down this year, though they've also been down in quite a few other recent years. Again, the heat wave last year also. Led, uh, led some of the trials to not have the best yields of spring bean then either. Um, whilst the list hasn't got loads bigger like the P list, that's because there, there has been quite a few removals from the spring bean descriptive list as well. So whilst, as you say, we've got three new 
varieties joining now. We also had varieties added onto the list mid-season. So compared to the launch at this time last year, there's even more new varieties on the list because at this time last year we were pending on seeing if some of the candidate varieties um, met approval onto the national or variety list. So of the three new varieties that have just been added, we have Synergy, which is a new low visine and low convisine variety. So we call that LVC in brackets on the list, and that's all about anti-nutritional traits. And Synergy, the new LVC edition, is higher yielding than the other two LVC varieties on the list, which are Futura and Victus. And Futura is one of those other ones that was added in into the list in the mid-season after the launch last year. Two other new spring bean varieties, as we said, and these are Navara and LG Hawk, and they have yields of 106 and 101%, so very solid new varieties. At the very top of the list, we have Genius, which again was added to the list mid-season after it met approval into the UK system. So if you looked at the list, like the last time you looked at the list was this time last year, you will have seen um, links at the top of the list still, but Genius got approval mid-season and, and topped out the list then, and it remains the top with an extra year of data. Other interesting things on the spring bean list is that we have, you know, the best downy moody rating is Yukon with an eight, and that's also the earliest maturing variety. So if you're growing in a part of the country where early maturing varieties is important to you, that's a variety to look at. Um, again, we've got other good Danny Mildew ratings available on the list, including LG Viper and Maris Bead. LG Viper is also the, the standout variety in terms of rust. So again, thinking back to disease ratings, we're only sort of including things where we've got enough ratings to be giving a good score for it. And Viper's been fairly consistently good performing in any trials where we've got high, high bean rust pressure. Great. Thanks, Chris, for, for running us through all of those new varieties. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there, which is which is good. Um, just sort of overall, are you are you pretty happy with the new material that's coming forward? Not just that's been added to the list this year, but just generally the sort of sentiment from from the industry in terms of bringing new varieties forward. Is, is there sort of a good amount of positivity around that? I think the situation is quite positive. You know, we, we regularly get a good realm of new candidates. There's regularly new varieties going into, into the NLVL system as well. And, you know, as you say, we're not just seeing work being done on, on yield. There is other traits. There's people are spending a lot of focus on breeding good disease resistance into their lines. And there's other interesting work being done, such as, as I said, People have been breeding the LBC traits into beans. People are, are looking at virus resistance in the peas, as I said about Reacher earlier. You know, there's there's good, interesting uh, traits being considered by the breeders in, in addition to you, which obviously is important for all of them. Um, obviously, though, there is still always the potential for things to be better. Um, you know, pulse yields in general, you know, are not always as high as they have been in the past, which then creates challenges. The breeders go to greater and greater heights with good new varieties. And again, new good novel traits 
are always very well welcomed by the industry. You know, if people are able to develop uh, a P that has incredibly good standing ability, uh, currently most of the riders on the list are very similar for standing ability and stand all right if the weather's perfect, but less good if they don't. If somebody develops something that always stood up brilliantly, they make a fortune on it. You know, if people developed, you know, people developed a bean that Brookwood Beetles hated the smell of and avoided mm. like the plague. They That's it, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, there's always room for things to be improved. There's always room for somebody to hit on a new variety that's doing something really special that would then have a big market impact. But despite sort of looking for like big, new, exciting developments, um, I would say though that things are going well. You know, there is, you know, people aren't ignoring pulses and not bothering to put any breeding effort into them. We we do get a lot of candidates. We get a lot of, um, you know, there's, there's new varieties coming through every year and they're often outclassing things, other things on the list that then the breeders are or agents are choosing to drop in favour of supporting their new material, which is a sign that there is a, you know, a healthy industry and good development work of, of new lines. I mean, on that front, I would say that this year, particularly for peas, the candidate varieties leaving effectively the, the NL2 system. So that sort of varieties that have been, um, that are then going into the full descriptive list, trialing for the first time, they're looking for their third year of data to then potentially go onto the list this time next year. Those candidates were absolutely fantastic. We found it very hard to reduce the number of them at all because they were all, barring one or two, all very good. So we, we're having quite a lot of new candidates going into the system for next year. Obviously, we'll have to see how they do with their third year of data. But I expect a large number of those to be successfully added onto the list this time next year. It's it's very promising when you get, you know, a load of candidates put forward and they all yield great. You know, that's, that's what we want to see. Um, then we've just got to sort out the best of the best of those. But it, it's certainly looking good for the future on that front. There you go. If you're a breeder listening, get yourself on a Bruca beetle resistant bean as quick as you can. There's your, there's your next million there. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that it's necessarily possible. <laughs> but, um, but it's, you know, if we can coming up with sort of impossible goals for breeders, setting them some hard challenges, you know, you know, get ones that grow 10 foot tall with millions of pods as well. You know, you can <laughs> that don't care about bad weather at all. Um, you know, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. But uh <laughs> we're not quite there yet by the sounds of it, but you know, never know. Trials trials going in now for, for next year. So let's see what yeah, no let's see good candidates for the future. I know we've been a bit uh possibly been a bit a bit silly there with uh, uh some potential futures, but it's it's things are looking promising, I would say. It's good to hear. Thanks very much, Chris. If you've enjoyed this and you want to know a bit more about the varieties that Chris and his team have been trialling, then head over to pgro.org or indeed log on to the app or check out the Pulse magazine, which is included in CPM Crop Production magazine for December. That's it for today. 
If you're coming to CropTech this week, on the Wednesday and Thursday at Stony Park, come along to the PGRO stand and talk to, to Chris about varieties or talk to other members of the team about pests, diseases and all the other raft of work that the PGRO does on behalf of the industry. Don't forget to subscribe to Inside the Pod so that you don't miss an episode going forward and you'll be notified as soon as a new episode lands. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>